Praise the Lord tonight. Hallelujah. Welcome to the Bible study for tonight, March 29th, 2022. It is 8 p.m., the day of the Lord. Welcome in the precious name of Jesus. We thank God again for another wonderful evening um, in which we'll be sharing together the precious word of God as you join in and come into the um, class. I want to prepare your heart for another beautiful time uh, with the word today. Um, we are continuing on our on our glorious um, journey through the book of Romans and we started some weeks ago. I have been so so glad that we've been taking uh, teachings from this particular um, treatise of the Apostle Paul um, to the Roman church and by extension every believer. I want to thank God for our lives tonight that the Lord has graciously given another opportunity to for us all to partake again of his wonderful word. And I believe that we'll be blessed by this word tonight in Jesus' name. Let's pray together tonight. Father, we thank you. Lord, you are the reason for our excitement, you are the reason for our joy. But the reason we gather you are because we are yours it's a privilege lord to be your children thank you for your eternal promise unto all that names after you we come tonight humbly at your feet to partake of your table in the sharing and the teaching of your word let the entrance of this word bring light. Let it illuminate the hearts of men. Cause it to shine through us. And let us have divine understanding all. As we set our ears and our eyes and our hearts to hear, to see, and to perceive of your precious truth. This we ask all in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God tonight. Um, hallelujah. Um, tonight we're going to just go in um, to um, the study. And it's been exciting so far. I believe um, that you've gained something. We began from chapter 1 where we see the Apostle Paul um, introduce himself as the doulos of Christ. That means the born servant of Christ. Separated unto God and the gospel and the gospel which he has promised before the earth and he has given that gospel through his son and we see the apostle paul thanking the church or rather thanking god um, for the church and that their faith is well spoken of that means this church had believed the gospel before paul wrote this letter to them and they were all growing and then paul longed to come to them to impart unto them more more gifts um, of the spirit and, um, and and to me this treatise this letter is 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 a gift to the church in rome and by extension every other um, church that reads it through history and paul began to reveal his desire to come to them um, his passion there was a passion in the heart of paul to come to to come to rome Remember, we also saw in Acts 23 and Acts 26 how, Acts 23, 11, how the Lord Jesus told Paul that he would not be afraid. He was to testify before Caesar. So Paul knew somehow he would get to Rome, but he wrote to them before his arrival. And then, and then he was eager to come to Rome to preach by the word of the Lord. There's an eagerness. There's, there's something. And, 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 and what caused the eagerness is because he wants to preach the gospel. Why? Because for everyone who doesn't have the gospel or who rejects the gospel, there's wrath. And this is the cross and the beginning of the gospel message of the Apostle Paul. He began in verse 18 by saying, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven 
It is the wrath of God, not the wrath of angels. It is God's own very wrath and is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. So we must know that and this must create in us um, a passion, a zeal to be compassionate toward the lost and, 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 and minister grace and life unto them. And you see from verse 18 to verse 20, 32, Apostle Paul began to reveal the, the, the consequence of the rejection of God. The consequence, he began to reveal it and what, it, what, it, what, what, what manifests when people reject God and live in unrighteousness. They begin to do things that are contrary to God. If you, if you read from verse 28, um, um, this is a result of their ungodliness and their unrighteousness. Uh, it says, it says, it says and, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them up to a reprobate mind to do things which are not convenient, being filled with all, you see now, unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, mal malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful. You see, all these are the result of, of the godliness and the wrath of God comet on all those that does this. And so we, it, it behoves of us to, to go forth out, um, uh, the Apostle Paul says, and, and preach and have, and have understanding that everyone who has no Christ will fall under the judgment of God. And he went on to verse 2 and began to, to continue in this same thought. But he began chapter 2 on a very special um, note. And so we are looking at chapter 2 from verse 1 through 11. Um, but the, the, the trust of, um, of, this, of this section of chapter 2 um, um, is very important. And I want us to um, look at it tonight um, very intently as the Lord gives us time. Now, he began by saying, therefore, thou art inexcusable, O man. Now, this is very important for us to know who is Paul referring to and what is the is the contextual implication of that word thou art inexcusable O man whosoever thou art that judgest so that is very important for us to 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 look at but before i go um tonight further down i want us to know the the um the trust or the the emphasis of verses 1 through 11. now the the thrust and emphasis of verses 1 through 11 is the expectation and the call of God on both unrepentant hypocrite Jews and the Gentiles to repent. So God is not exonerating the Jews who are hypocritical. At the same time, he's calling on the Gentiles to repent. And if they refuse to repent, they will come under the judgment of God. So God is calling on the, on the churchy, in that sense, and the Gentiles who haven't known Christ fully to repent. So the call here is, 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 in, uh, is in twofold. One, to the unrepentant hypocritical Jews and the Gentiles in general. And if they refuse to repent, they will come under God's judgment. And if they do, they will have life, peace, and grace. Now, look at verse 4 of that scripture of Romans 2 tonight. Let's read together. Um, uh, let's ever read verse 3 and 4. And thinkest thou this, O man, that, that, that judgest them which do such things, and doest the same. You see that word now? That thou shalt escape the judgment... Of God, or despiseth thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance? So, who here is God's goodness leading to repentance? The hypocritical Jew who is standing in the place of a judge trying to condemn the Gentile in coming to Christ. So, both the Gentile. 
who is not saved and the Jew who thinks he is saved but not saved are, are, are admonished by the Apostle Paul to, to take advantage of the long suffering of God which leads all men to repentance. So the, the call for, for, for the Gentile and for the, the unbelieving Jews is for them to repent and if they don't repent, both of them then they come under the judgment of God. That's what you find in verses 5 um, um, through, through verse, verse 11. Let's read together tonight again, everybody. But after thine hardness and impenitent heart, treasure up unto thyself wrath. You see, verse 4, verse 4 says, if you repent, you will what? be pardoned. But if you don't repent, then verse 5 kicks in. It says, they store up treasure of unto themselves, wrath against the day of wrath, and revelation of the righteousness or righteous judgment of God, who will render to every man according to his deeds, to them who by patient continuance in well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, eternal life. Verse 8, but unto them that are contentious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation and wrath tribulation and anguish upon every soul of man that doeth evil of the jew you see now of the jew first and then also the gentile so both the jew that that is judging um hypocritically and the gentile also who doesn't believe if they both don't repent they will both come under indignation and wrath and tribulation and anguish both to the jew and then to the gentile verse 10 but glory and honor and peace to every man that walketh good to the jew also first you see and then also to the gentile for therein for there is no respect of persons with god so we see this um um, um setting um, um, um made open here and, and the apostle paul um is beginning to to, to ex expound on these thoughts a little more deeper um along these lines and so we will come over this again shortly. So uh, I want us to understand the overview of verses 1 through 11 generally. But now let's narrow down a little bit to a few, a few um, important scriptures um, here. Um, now we find in um, verses 1 and 2 in particular. Now when you look at the word do not judge. I want us to explain that a little bit tonight and see if we can if, uh, do our best to finish it tonight. And um, that's the point where believers really, you know, rather unbelievers stand to say, yeah, don't judge me, don't, you judge me, judge me. You know, I was listening, no, not listening. Was I listening or I was told, I don't know which of them. Um, like Paul says, I, I know a man, he told us whether he's alive or not, I don't know. But I know they were, they were doing a program of the, of the preachers of Ellie. Um, it's a preachers, um, uh, supposed pastors having a, a TV reality show and they were showing themselves and they were talking about themselves. Though it's, though it's a script, they wrote out what is their, is their life really. And then one of the persons accused um, someone, a, a lady that is, that is cohabiting with the pastor. Now they were, they were not married but they were cohabiting. I think it's Noel Jones. Um, it's why I, I don't know Noel Jones or one of them or the Tricardon, I don't know the name, but one of them was cohabiting with a woman that is not married to officially, um, having divorced his wife. And so, another, another woman, woman was accusing her that, why are you living with this person? You are someone, someone, and he says, don't judge me, you can't judge me, don't judge me, let God judge me. So, even in the church, people think um, judgment should be reserved to God. When they are called to order by, by, by the church, or by fellow believers, their first response or defense is, is don't judge. Bible says, judge not. And they can't point to where it is in the Bible. Now, let's look at this tonight and see the context. For no scripture must be interpreted out of its very setting. And for our study tonight, the word judge, judgment, judge it, is from a Hebrew word, cry no. All of them. And it means to decide it means to determine, it means to, to condemn. And in another sense, it also means to rule over. Amen. To rule over and take charge. So, so this word crime can mean these four things. One, 
to 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 decide over something to to determine what is right or, or, or false three to condemn an act or an action then four it also means to rule and and superintend over something so let's hold that in our left hand tonight as we go over this scripture so the word here judge here is very germane and is very important you find the same thing in matthew 7 when Joker says do not say judge not so you, you, are, you are not judged now in matthew 7 the context is clear it's a context between the pharisees and the sadducees and the and the people of the law against the words of jesus so john wasn't speaking categorically he was speaking in context to certain people who hold a position that they are not living um to his tenets but in the context of romans 2 verse 1 we see clearly that jesus also um, 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 um referred to this statement also in matthew but why did this happened because they believe no one can be saved as a jesus without the ceremonial works of the law now this is in context in from chapter 1 2 through 3 4 5 of the last chapter of romans in 16. So you see, the Jews believe that no one can be truly saved without going through the ceremonial, now note that, the ceremonial aspects of the law. Now the underpinning idea here is hypocritical judging. It does not mean that believers cannot exercise a certain level of, of, of judgment or, 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 or discernment or determination as to things that pertains to spiritual matters let's look at a few scriptures tonight to to talk more about this but first to show that this particular statement is pointing to hypocritical action now that word hypocritical means behaving in a way that suggests one has higher standards or more noble beliefs than is the case to be a hypocrite simply means projecting yourself as having a higher standard or moral platform that is not really the case so men see you in a form that you are really not of and jesus saw through the the pharisees and the, and, and the judaizers and accused them of wrong judgment that is the trust of this scripture and and we'll see this shortly as we look more into some scriptures now to now talk very quickly to same romans 2 let's read from verse 17 tonight quickly i'm going to read some scripture tonight romans 2 um from verse 17 it says behold thou art called a jew and rested in the law and maketh thy boast of God and knowest this now knowest his will and approvest the things that are more excellent being instructed out of the law 19 and are confident that thou thyself are the guide of the blind a light of them which are in darkness an instructor of the foolish a teacher of babes which has the form of knowledge and of the truth in the law now you see Paul is saying is describing the attitude and the thinking of, of the Jews. So this is the context of who are thou, old man, that judges. It, it's, it's, not, it's not a general statement at all. But we see that so that we, we look at every word in the Bible in context to make meaning, not bringing something from outside to make the Bible say what we want you to say. So see what we say now, verse 21. Thou therefore which teacheth another, teacheth thou not thyself? Thou that preach, preachest a man should not steal. Dost thou steal? You see that now? 22. Thou that said a man should not commit adultery. Dost thou commit adultery? Thou that abhorrest idols. Dost thou commit sacrilege? Thou that makest thy boast of the law. Through breaking of breaking the law. 
dishonored thy thou consider. So they are making the law high, but they themselves are what break it. So they are covering people from knowing God truly. You know, Jesus said to them one time, he says, Thou Jew and Pharisees, Pharisees and Sadducees, you go a thousand miles to make one want to convert one unbeliever to, to, to become so-called a Jew. At the same time, you will not allow that same person to enter the kingdom of God. Now, if you look at this in context, Jesus, I mean, sorry, Paul was talking to the Jews who are exalting themselves and making people believe they have a high moral standard, a high platform to teach and to preach, and, and, and really they are not. Those are the ones Paul is referring to, that they have no moral standing to tell you you are wrong when they themselves don't live right. Is it making sense tonight? Hallelujah. Maybe I'll give you one more scripture tonight for our time's sake. Galatians 3. Galatians 3. To further up this point, Galatians 3. Galatians 3. So we see the context. In fact, the context in that same scripture clarifies that. We're not, we don't need to go far outside Romans. If Romans were true itself, clarifies who Paul is referring to in chapter, chapters 1 and 2 of Romans 2. But Galatians tonight, 3. Let's read from verse 25 um, tonight. Galatians 3. All right, I'm there. Verse 25. But after that faith is come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Now he's, he's telling them that there's no need for Jewish ceremonial cleansing or law to be admitted into the body of Christ like they're saying in all their, their, their escapades to the church. So Paul is saying that everyone that has this mindset has no right to judge and condemn the Gentile. Let's read further in verse 27. For as many of you as have been, but let's go right now, 28. There is neither what Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free, neither, neither male nor female. For ye are all one in Christ. And if ye be Christ, then ye are Abraham's seed. And yes, according to the promise. So if at this hits a fatal blow to, to the Judaizers. Why? Because they see Abraham only as their father. But Paul is saying, both the Gentiles and the Jews that have put their faith in, 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 and trust in Christ only by faith through grace, have all Abraham as their word father. So that line of dichotomy is being erased and removed forever. So the, the idea of do not judge here is not, is not, is not cast in stone on all matters. And I will show us that tonight in scriptures. How this is applicable. Now the following scriptures that I'm going to be showing you will further buttress the point of the fact that Christians can engage in a certain level of defined judgment or judging or, or, or determining or correction in the church. Um, and, 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 such, and such parameters is being, is, being, is, being, is being given in scripture and we can find them in several areas in the Bible. You see, the point we're making here is that ultimate judgment belongs to God. But we have in certain areas where the Bible encourages us to, to determine some things within ourselves for the purpose of becoming more like Christ. So Paul is not saying in, 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 in Romans 2 verses 1 and 2 that this is the ground on which people can be passive and shun every form of correction in the church and say we are not called to judge that no. So this is not what Paul is saying here. Paul is simply saying that anyone who lives a dual life, anyone who is hypocritical in his, in his attempt to be religious but not doing the word has no right to stand and become um, a judge or condemn someone else in the church. Let me give you tonight maybe three scriptures and I'm going to see it quickly as time permits us. Turn with me tonight to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. I'm going to read quite some verses there. 1 Corinthians 5, rather, 5 from verse 1. Um, I want us to read through that scripture and then I will, I, will, I, will, I will give a short talk on this. So this is clear in our heart once and for all 
that is a place for determining for correction in the church. And all this also boils down to the word judging um, um, as well. Let me read from verse 1 um, of 1 Corinthians 5. Paul wrote to the church in Corinth. It is reported commonly that there is fornication among you. And such fornication as is not so much as named among the Gentiles that one should have his father's wife. So this is prevalent in the church in Corinth. Wow. And ye are puffed up and have not rather mourned that he that had done this deed might be taken away from you. Verse 3. For verily, as absent in body, but present in spirit, have what? Have judged. Now notice the word judge there can also mean to, 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 uh, to pass judgment to, to condemn, all right, and uh, I'm such a one. So, note that Paul said, Have judged, so Paul judged. So, when he says, Do not judge, it's wrong. There's a place to judge in the Bible, like Paul is judging this, this sinful act. Let's read down. He says, I've judged already as though I were present. So, if Paul were present, he would have judged the same way he judged what is what in absence. But actually, his letter actually is actually him also being present. Now, concerning him that had so done this deed, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when ye are gathered together, and my spirit with thee, with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, to deliver such a one unto Satan, for the destruction of the flesh, that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord. Your glory is not good. Know ye not that a little living leaveneth the whole lump? That's why I'm judging right now and commanding a person to be penalized. Verse 7. Purge out therefore the old living, that ye may be a new lump, as ye are unliving, for even Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. Verse 8. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unliving bread of sincerity and truth. I wrote unto you in an epistle not to company with fornicators, yet not altogether with the fornicators of this world, or with the covetous, or extortioners, or with idolaters, for then must ye needs go out of the world. But now I have written unto you not to company if not to company if any man that is called a brother, not to company if any man is called a brother. Be a fornicator, or covetous, or an idolater, or a railer, or a drunkard, or an extensioner. With such a one, no, not to eat. Does this look like pacification? This, this looks like judgment. This is a verdict. In fact, I can see the government coming down. Caught. Paul is judging emphatically in this church. And Paul says, if I were around, I would do the same thing. Praise God. So it's a, it's a norm in the church to call out um, wrongdoing and judge and discern and, 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 and pass verdict so that people can fear and serve God. So the moral standard of the church and of God can be highly exalted and people will know the difference between righteousness and what? Unrighteousness. Why? Because in verse 18, the reason the word of God came because men are holding the truth in word unrighteousness. Verse 12. This is a clincher. For what have I to do to what? To judge them also that are what without. That means we are not called to judge unbelievers. Do not do not ye judge them that are within. So he says, our judging is for those who are what within. So who are those within? Christians. First Corinthians, now you, you, you see what, what we read. That when you come together in verse 4 and 5, that means when we gather, who are the ones that gather? Believers. First, first Corinthians 14, 26. Say, for, for, for when you come together in one place, let each one have a son. So those that gather, those that congregate, referring to here, are Christians. So he says, we are not called to judge the outsiders. We are called to judge people inside. So it is, it is not out of scripture to call out people who teach falsehood and mention them. So others can be warned. It's scriptural. But now I'll put a caveat. But 
Let's read down. Do not ye judge them that are within, but them that are without, God judge it. Therefore, put away from among yourselves that wicked word person. Is that judgment? Yes. So we see this scripture clearly states that there's a, there's a place in scripture where we judge. So let no one say, don't judge me when, he's, when any sin is called out or any transgression is called out. So it's scriptural for the church and the believers to hold themselves in high esteem and hold themselves accountable. And particularly the pastor has the oversight and, and right in the word to call an erring member, to call someone a believer who is in the flock, who is not doing well, to do right is is in line with the will of God. But I'm going to go on tonight a little further. But I'm using this to, to to show us that there's a place to judge within the church and to show us that Romans two verse one and Matthew seventeen is not excluding. It's not saying no one can exercise. If not, this scripture will not have been written. Now let me say this: calling out evil in the church or seen in believers believers life for the purpose of correction and not condemnation so when this is done it's not to condemn and says you are going to hell no it's to save it's for it is it's to help it ourselves to know that what we're doing is wrong why then do teachers have kids in those days when a child does wrong you see the parents send a child to school and even pay the school fees yeah and the purpose of being there is to be groomed totally and when there's when there's wrongdoing there's also room for deterrent and that's why sometimes teachers punish the students or the pupil so that they can learn and understand what is right so the purpose of calling out this evil is not to 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 condemn and pull them down but is to help and then bring correction purposefully to the church first john 5 16 let's turn it tonight everybody first john 5 16 you know what it says there it says if anyone sees a brother sin a sin not unto death let him pray for him that he might be saved so if we see a brother sin a sin not unto death we can actually pray first john 5 16 and that's the reason why we call sin but when you do that invariably you are in that sense as we are judging because to judge the word crino means to decide um, 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 over a matter it means to determine what is right or wrong it means to condemn wrong and and also to rule over extensively so first john 5 16 says that if you see a brother sin is it not unto death you can what pray and ask the Lord that he might be saved, he might be rescued, and the Lord will answer and will be saved. So, and, 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 and that word, ask, see, is, is, is how do we see if, if we can't determine? So, there's a room here to call people that are, that are in wrong to, to stand right. And this is the means of judging as we see it in scripture. Titus 3 verse 10. In fact, or rather, let's, Titus 3 verse 9 and 10 also says the same thing. You can read that afterwards. Matthew 8, 18, 15 to 17. Christ was speaking there. He said, he said, if you see a brother's sin against you, he says, go and show that sin to him. If he refuses, take him to the church or take him to, to another brother. And if he doesn't change, take him to the council. And after taking the account of the church and he still remains um, adamant, then treat him like an unbeliever. That means we can see our brother, we can call things out, we can we can admonish ourselves to stay right in God. So don't be don't 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 stay aloof when some things that you do or that I do is wrong. Because there's a room also to correct me also as a pastor by the word of God. There's a room also to correct elders. In fact, Peter says, don't bring an accusation against an elder without proof from at least two persons. That means even the church eldership can be, can be corrected, can be judged, provided there are two witnesses. So there's room in the Bible to judge, to call erring people to order so that their lives, their souls can be worked can be saved the reason we judge in the church the reason we call ourselves to order is for the eventual salvation of the souls galatians 6 verse 1 it says 
Brethren, if anyone is caught, how do we catch? How do we catch somebody in sin? Or in fault? Talk to me about tonight. Galatians 6. I wish I could read that from the Amplified Version of the Bible. It would make some sense tonight. Uh, if I can have that post on the group tonight on the Amplified Version of the Bible, if I can find that quickly. Um, Galatians 6, verse 1. Thank you. Amplified Version. It says, Brethren or brothers, if anyone is caught in any sin, how do we catch somebody without examining? You see that? The, the fact that you, you catch one the same is you judge the person guilty. But not for the purpose of condemnation. You, you see him do something wrong. And then there are witnesses. He has confessed. There's a room for that in the church. And the purpose for that is to, is, to, is, to, is to bring ourselves to salvation ultimately. But hear what it says. You who are spiritual, that is you who are responsive to the guidance of the spirit, are to restore such a person in a spirit of gentleness. That's the clincher here. So when we go out to, to carry out this, this oversight on ourselves, it must be done gently. Amen. Not, not cantacorously. Done with the heart of compassion. So when, when we, we, we have, as we are in this context, the, the, the ground scripturally to call ourselves to order. To order. For this is approved and this is a portion of scripture that we must all look at. And I want to show you one last one it is tonight that, will, that, that might shock you. Please show me tonight. First um, Timothy chapter 5 verse 20 in the, in the Amplified. Please help me to quickly. On the group. Now let me show you that. You, you, you will see that this is the pattern of the church. And this is the foundation. And this is the instruction of God. For us to live together. You see people feel in our day. That that, that, that a church is a place where. Nobody can call your, your moral. Um, and judgment to question. No. That's not a church. For everyone who comes to the church. Must stand by the word. You see the Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 2. Verse 19. It says for the. Foundation of God stands for it has a seal, and let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart. So everyone has to So when we when you are not departing and you are entangling, then there's a requirement from the church to call ourselves. Let me say call you now to call ourselves to order. So when a pastor is going out of sync with the word. He can be called to order. When a bishop is going out of sync in, in the church, the elder can call him to order. Praise God. Uh, when, 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 when something is not going right, there's a provision in the Bible to call ourselves to order. Why? Not because we want to pull ourselves down, but because we want to save ourselves ultimately from the final judgment of God. Like we see in 1 John 5.16. But let me read tonight, First Timothy five twenty in the Amplified. It says, "As for those elders, sinner." Now, he, he, this is leaving the laity. So this is not only to church members. So you don't say, "Is it church members?" No, 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 no. Both the both the laity and the and the clergy permit the use of, of, of the word. I know what I'm saying. He says. For, for as for those elders who continue in sin, who continue in sin, reprimand them in the presence of some people, reprimand them in the presence of all the congregation, so that the rest will be warned. Wow. So even leaders are not exempted from internal judging of ourselves. Let me do that in the, in the King James. Those who continue in sin, rebuke in the presence of all, so that the rest also may be fearful of sinning. So why do we have to judge according to scriptures ourselves, so that sin is kept at bay? We must not continue to make a practice of sin. So when Paul says, who are that woman that judges? He's not saying we, want, we, we can't judge because that's the quick excuse of people who don't want their, their wrongdoing to be called out in the open. This is the reason sometimes some people, even in church circle, says, ah, leave them, don't call them, let God judge them. No, God didn't say he will judge them. 
God will judge them ultimately, but we too, as a church, have the right to call the church leadership who is erring into order by this scripture. Amen. But in doing so, it must not be to pull them down. It, it, it means we must do it with, with humility as brothers for the purpose of correcting and helping them grow. And sometimes this too is, ought to be done so that others can be warned against the error. Because if those things are so uncovered, then everyone will take it up. For instance, if I begin to commit fornication or theft or one, one malicious thing in the church as a pastor, I cannot say that, the, that an anointing will cover it. I can't tell you that I'm exempted from, from, from scrutiny. I can't say because I'm violating the scripture. Therefore, I must submit myself to the principle of scripture. Now, what should happen? The church eldership will call and meet together and approach me as a pastor and say, Pastor, X, Y, and Z, I don't care about you. We feel this is against scripture. And if I continue, you see that, if I continue in that sin, folks, I should be reprimanded. You see that? It's scripture. And therefore, conversely, if you also, as a, as a, as a member of the flock of Christ, also is called and found, bring some picture of Paul says that if a brother continues as a fornicator, as an adulterer, as, as, as a drunkard, he says, don't even fornicate, don't even eat with him. That already is what judging him. These are the principles of the early church. This principle can happen in mega churches. It can happen today in the church we find our world because nobody is accountable to the world. Everybody just wants to be accepted. Nobody wants to put themselves in line with the will of God. Remember, he says, he's coming for a church without spot or wrinkle. And the assignment of the pastor is to present and preserve the flock for the shepherd. And that's why we do all we do. We share all we say. We encourage, we admonish you to live right. We call you when we think you are wrong. Not because we want to love over you, but because we love you and want you to grow and become that which God intends for you to be. Amen tonight. So those elders, or those of you who continue in sin, Paul says to Timothy, rebuke that must call that error before all. So bring them to the church. You know, sometimes we don't want to do that. We just call it in secret. Yet you get angry. No, don't be angry. Thank God that God is correcting you. Says those children of this, it are correct. Actually, children, for those that take not the correction, they, they actually peradventure and not of his in any way. Anyway. So we look at that critically tonight. Now, the second point I want to raise before we close tonight. It's 1 Corinthians 6. Tell me that everybody tonight. 1 Corinthians 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. We'll read verse 1 to 3. It says, There any of you having a matter against another, go to the law courts before the unjust and not before the saints. Do ye not know that the saints shall what? shall judge the world and if the world shall be judged by you are ye unworthy to judge the smallest of matters know ye not that we shall judge angels how much more things that pertains to this life so categorically paul is saying here there's a place for 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 us to judge with ourselves to adjudicate to call ourselves out to say no Sister, you ask this person to borrow you money. Would they promise you return it in two months? And now it's in six months. And it's this sister is asking for her money. Now you are taking offense. Sister, you are wrong. You see that? We can adjudicate within ourselves. We can call out our, our, our shortcomings so that nobody from outside comes to see the things that the believers do because we hold a larger part in the plan of God. We will judge the world with Christ. We will judge angels with Christ. So there's something higher for us as a church. One thing we're not called to do is to judge the world. But once you come to the church, you are submitting as where your, your, your authority. You are submitting yourself to the scrutiny 
of the word of God. You see, the moment you declare you are a Christian, you are saying everything the Bible says about you, you are willing to what? To surrender and do. If it says right, it's right. If it says wrong, it's wrong. So you can't determine by yourself what is right. Right now, your determining factor, your the, the base of your of your judgment, your values and your morals and your and your and, and your philosophy is taken strictly by that which the Bible declares. So it's like you are submitting your life to the leadership, the authority, and the perspective. Like my man once said, George, it is not about what you think is right. Even if your emotion is not accepting the, the ways of the scripture, follow it all the same. You understand along the line. You are submitting as well your sovereignty to the sovereignty of the word. That's why we are believers. As we are Christians. So Matthew 7 verse 1. Romans 2 verse 1 and 2. It's not saying that no one can judge in the church. That everybody that, that I can submit to, to is God that I'm loyal to. It's God that will judge me. Leave me alone. I'm a carnal Christian. No. The purpose of the local assembly of a church is to help ourselves. Nobody is perfect. Iron sharpened iron. So a man sharpens what the kernel of his friend. He says two are better than one. So if one falls, the other will what raise him up. He said if one is cold, the other will what make him warm. That's why we are in church. We are here. This is the reason we when we got born again. But not we 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 didn't disappear to heaven. It's because God wants us to 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 manifest for Him, and He has put us in the community of saints so we can we can help ourselves. Let me give you two slides tonight as we begin to wind down. I'll give you one more scripture and I'm going to close. You remember um, the incident between Paul and Barnabas in Acts 13 and 14? When Barnabas and Paul went to their first church journey, and when they went, they took John Mark. And John Mark, you know, loved this word. He was afraid of, 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 the, of, the, of, of the arrows that come in ministry. He ran back. And when we were done, Paul says, now let's go back and visit all those that we have preached to, to see how they are faring. And Barabbas says, let's take John Mark. And, 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 and Paul says, no, it's not right. This person that didn't follow us, you see, is not qualified. This person that, that is not serving with us. That's why you are not qualified for some things when you've not served. Don't, don't put yourself in a place where, where you'll, be, you, 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 you'll be excluded because you are not serving. And I'm not going to in the house of God. Serve in the house. And notice that this same John Mark became afterward repented and served so much that he became a strong ally of the Apostle Paul toward the end of the ministry. So, 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 God can change people around them. But the issue here is that we must always learn to serve. So, that caused a rift. Paul challenged Barnabas. He said, This is wrong. You see that? Now, if Apostle Paul and, 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 and Apostle Barnabas can, can look themselves in the face and says, no, then who are we not to call ourselves to other when we see that one is going and violating the word. Not violating what you want. Not violating what you are trying to get good man. No, but violating scriptures. Because scriptures is our standard. You know, in, also in the book of Galatians chapter 2, we see an incident where Paul and, and, and Peter had a confrontation. And these are the two, if I will say, the two greatest apostles. If we can say that, what happened to them? Paul and Peter were, 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 were in Antioch and people were coming and they were eating and they were doing. And, 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 and because of, of, of the gospel of Paul, Peter was mingling with the Gentiles. Um, even though we know from that in his heart. He's actually still, still having this Jewish mentality in his mind. And when some brethren came from Jerusalem, from James and John, as soon as he saw them, he withdrew. That means James, John, and Peter were in the class. Those guys still actually, they, that Judaism did not leave their minds. It was Paul that God gave the gospel. And that's why it was easier for Paul to leave that life out. 
That doesn't mean that Peter, James, and John were, 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 were not preachers or, 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 or lovers of the saints. No, they did. But there was something particular about them. That when this brethren came from, 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 from James and John in Judea, the Bible says, um, and Peter withdrew himself. Talk with everybody to Galatians 2 so you can see with me how this was exercised, how, how Paul judged and called the almighty apostle Peter to correction. Galatians chapter 2, let's from verse 11. But when Peter was come to Antioch, I withstood, now see what that one withstood means I stood, see, what does a judge do to, a, to somebody in court? He withstands his action. What do policemen do when the first man is guilty? What? They stand against him and bring him to law. Paul says, I withstood him toward the face. Notice, Paul and Peter were as well the pillar of the church. Peter was given out. If you go to verse 7 and 8 of this same chapter 2, Paul says that God gave the apostleship of the Gentiles, of the Jews to who? To Peter. But the Gentiles to who? To him. The same God that wrought mightily to the effectual of, 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 of Peter to the Jews was also mighty in the Paul toward the Gentiles. And so when they saw that the grace of God was given to Paul to the Gentiles, what did they do? They gave him a Barnabas word, the right hand of word of fellowship and the wind. But notice when you come down here, the same thing, verse 9, so interesting. It says, and when James and Peter and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that was given unto me, they gave to me and Barnabas the word, the right hand of fellowship, that we should go to the heathen or Gentiles, and they unto what the circumcision. Now come to verse 11. But when Peter was come to Antioch, Peter was representing James and John and the church council here in Jerusalem. Now see what it says here. I withstood him to the face because he was what? To be blamed. For before that Satan came from James, he did it with the Gentiles. But when they were come, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing them that which of what of his solution. He was becoming a hypocrite. And Paul called his attention face to face. Now here's the truth tonight. We have the, the, this grace, this, this um, avenue to help ourselves in the church. Not because somebody is superior to the other, but because we love ourselves and we want the best for ourselves. We want to grow in the things of God together. For until we understand this very well, we can pull together to do effectively the work of the ministry. For hypocrites cannot truly stand because when they preach, they're actually judging themselves. Paul, we stood Peter. Paul, we stood Barnabas. And he was right. Because they were pretending danger for the church. Verse 14. But when I saw that they walked not uprightly, according to the truth of the gospel. See the God tonight. Galatians 2 that we're reading. Verse 13. He said, And the other Jews dissembled likewise with Peter. Insomuch that Barnabas also was carried away with the word. You see, that's the reason because if some priests are not corrected, others with what will be deceived. Paul says, he says, Hanimus and Philetus, he says, they have left, he says, they have blocked this word because they are, they are preaching the word, the resurrection is done away and they have overthrown the faith of many. Why do we call people out? Because their preaching can overthrow what? The faith of some, therefore, we have the obligation within the church parameters. To call ourselves, and I pray that 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 can and PFN and 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 whatever it is can have a forum where they call every ministers to order. But I pray I, I don't know how this works in Nigeria because today everyone is Lord to himself. Nobody has a right to call anyone. But if it's there, I pray that this will be strengthened amongst the ministers so that the every once preaching false gospel can be called to order. So you see that because even Barnabas the apostle, in that sense, also was almost deceived because certain great apostle is living a deceitful life. Verse 14. But when I saw that they walk not uprightly, according now see the word now, it's not a personal fact, was it? No, it was biblical. 
It's based on the doctrine of Christ. It's based on the standard of God. Paul said, when I saw the walk not uprightly, what did I do? He said, he said, according to the truth of the gospel, I said unto Peter, before them all, if thou being a Jew, livest as a manner of the Gentiles, and not as do the Jews, why compellest thou the Gentiles to live as though as do the Jews? Now let's hold on there. This is a hypocrite for the moment. But thank God that Peter did not fight back. When you are corrected, please don't fight back. Peter agreed. You say, ah, Pastor, it's a lie. He didn't agree. Where here did, did he say he agreed? Talk with me tonight to um, Second Peter chapter, chapter 3. Let me show you where he agreed to what Paul said here. 2 Peter 3. And I want to show you one more thing. And one more. I want to close. Read, let's read with me verse verse 15 of 2 Peter 3. So when Paul corrected Peter, Peter didn't fight back. He loved it because the apostle Paul helped him in the faith. Verse 15 says of 2 Peter 3. And according, an, an account that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation. Even as our beloved, this is Paul, this is the writing now. Our beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given him, given unto him, hath written unto you, as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest, as do also other scriptures, under their own word, destruction. But see here, the apostle Peter is acknowledging the brotherhood, the the friendship between him and the Apostle Paul, even though previously they fought, just like Paul and John Mark fought in Acts chapter 13 and 14. But for the end of Paul's life, John Mark became so strong alive with him. So tonight I'm saying to us, when God's word chastises us, let's not fight. Like Peter did with Paul. Let's take it as a counseling. Of the word of God. In any case, the Bible says that all scriptures are given by God's breath and inspiration and is profitable for correction, for rebuke, for reproof, for instruction in righteousness. Look at those words. That's what the scripture is meant for. If there's if there will be no error in our life, then there'll be no scripture at all. God knows that we will need the word to keep us, we will need the word as a compass. When we err, it will correct. When we make mistakes, it will adjust us. And that's the reason it's given to us so that we can be prepared. For his coming. If not, Satan will make a mean smith of every one of us, making our faith nonsensical. But when we hold on to the truth, our faith is kept intact by the word of God. Talking tonight to, to Second John, as I begin to close tonight, Second John, verse. Um, okay, let's. Okay, sorry. Second John, verses 9. Okay, verse 10. Okay, 9 and 10. Why? Because we must not close our eyes to doctrines outside the church or within the church that is injurious. But it must be done, like Paul says, when I saw Peter not defending the truth, it must be based on the word of God. John says here in verse 9, Whosoever transgressed and abided not in the doctrine, whosoever, be it archbishop, be it bishop, be it a layman, whosoever is not abiding in the doctrine of Christ. He had both. Or rather, uh, 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 okay. Had not God. He that abided in the doctrine of Christ, he had both the Father and the Son. Verse 10. And if they come any unto you, any who, anyone that preach unto you. Bringing not this doctrine, receive him not into your church, into your house, into your life, neither bid him Godspeed. Tonight I'm going to give you one more scripture. I'm going to close. First Corinthians 11 13 and 21. To further underscore this fact that there's a mechanism within us in the church to watch for ourselves, to help ourselves, and correct in ourselves. And I believe if there's, if there's any opposition that, that superintends over the church, especially the Pentecostal church, this is the assignment.
to call ourselves to call the ministers and the church leaders to call members to order why this is the ultimate assignment of the church first corinthians 11 i'll read verses 13 and verse verses 31 now verse 13 talks about that let's read together everybody verse 13 of 11 it says judge in yourselves is it comely that a woman pray unto God uncovered? That is, discern, examine, look at it scripturally. Now, this a, a, a talk for another day. Come to verse 31, same scripture. For if we judge, now this is referring to when we have the, the law feast, you know, when some try to corner some things, when some people, you know, eat more than others, when there's faction, when there's fighting and there's, there's struggling with it for food and, 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 and services. So when we come to the Bible says, when we come, let's allow everyone to take first, you see. So when we come to, to a place of love feast, if I allow you eat, you allow me eat, the food will be there and we won't be contented. No one will take on the order and there will be love within us. Paul is saying here that when you come together, come in love. But see, because in this church, they, they, they fight, they struggle for things, you know, they, they strive, they get angry easily over, over matters that pertain to distributions because of the peculiarity of the church at those times. So Paul is saying, take care of yourselves, don't rush, don't defraud, don't, don't overtake, don't overdo. And, and that one will come to verse 31, where he says, for if we will judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastening of the Lord that we should not be what? Condemned with the world. So why will the church exercise the privilege of judging so that we are not condemned with what? The world. If for any reason, it comes to a point where there's a discipline to be carried or, or be meted against you for an infraction, for something wrong, for, for sin, for breaking the righteous law, for, for bringing the name of Christ in disrepute. I'm not praying for such. But if it does happen in the course of your Christian work in the church and you are corrected and you understand to you, no brother, you can't have this woman she's not your wife you can't date this woman you are married you can't you can't quarrel with this girl she's not your wife you can't you can't steal this morning and bring to church it's wrong don't be offended the reason is because god says that in so doing we are we are made to escape judgment and it's those that god loves that he chastises or judges so there's a mechanism in the Bible for us to look over ourselves in righteousness, not in condemnation, but in help. There's a place for us in the body of Christ to call erring ministers to order. Like you see Paul called Peter, the apostle, the chief apostle. You see Paul called Barnabas to order. You see Paul called, Barnabas, called, called John Mark. That's how it is. So there's a mechanism. So let nobody say, don't, don't, let, don't, don't let any man go say, touch not my... That is, is falsehood. It is that's in the context of human teacher. There's only like touch of anointed. But at the same time, we're not called as 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 spiritual watchdogs. But when the need arises and we see certain things flat going contrary, men flagrantly abandoning the truth of scripture, we have the responsibility to judge according to scripture within the parameters. Of the word of God. And so, please, what Paul is saying in Romans chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. But generally, Paul is saying here that there's judgment on the unbelievers, both the ones who are hypocrites in the church. You remember, he says that judgment will begin where? In the house of God. That means he said judgment will start with it. That, that condemnation, that, that check, that, that calling to order will start from the church itself. And it starts from us then. The outside world has great things. To answer so let's stay strong and understand the context of scripture so paul is saying if you're in church please don't be a hypocrite Sago with your heart worship him if and if you are god is saying to you repent and come to him and there will be joy honor and gladness but if you refuse then indignation tribulation wrath 
being piled upon wrath. And this will happen surely. But I pray for you tonight that prophecy that are in this nature will not be fulfilled in your lives. By the grace of God, who will stand strong, obeying scriptures, obeying God, and doing His will always. Tonight, I want to appreciate you again for listening. Hope you've been blessed. Hope you've been you've got some things tonight clarified. Hope you've added to your knowledge again of scripture. And I believe again we'll continue this way again on Thursday. Please don't miss Bible study. And if you have the time again, and I believe you should, go over this word again so that some things will become more clearer to you. Because faith comes by hearing, not just once, but hearing and hearing again of the word of God. Thank God today for the word of God, for it has come to us in power. And now we know, by God's provision, the parameters by which we are called. And that's why I want to thank God for all of you. Because I know that I have you, I can be upheld by you, I can be strengthened by you, you can support things. And thank God that you have me also as a pastor. I can also, I can also call you to other, and I can teach you, I can do everything so that together we grow up into him as mature believers. With clean hearts and sincerity. So that the purpose of God ultimately will be fulfilled and wrath in our lives. Let us pray. Thank you Lord tonight. Your word is blessed. Because your word as it enters brings unto us understanding. Thank you because the simplicity of our heart tonight is open unto you. And understand more than in Jesus' name. Bless every soul. Bless every home. Bless the hearers of this word. And help us be doers of sin. In Jesus' precious name we pray. And everybody say with me, Amen. Good night. God bless you. we we'll see you again on Thursday. Same time. Um, same channel. In Jesus' name, amen. Good night and God bless you all.